Thank you for Josh. We thank you that you have been speaking to him for many weeks now. Um, and he has prepared what he's going to say to us this evening. Lord, would you speak powerfully through your servant, Josh, and would we be free to listen to what he has to say and to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, good evening, everyone. I hope we are all doing well. Um, it's a very exciting time of year at the moment, isn't it? Um, we're in December. Um, had a little bit of snow the other day. Christmas songs starting to be played everywhere. Um, advent calendars are being opened each morning. Uh, did you know how many different types of advent calendar you can get? I had a Lego one when I was younger, which was amazing. That was like my special advent calendar. But normally, just have the standard ones. The ones in the fair trade shop, fair trade shop across just through there are amazing. So get one of them if you're late to the party. Um, but there are so many different types of advent calendar around these days. There's like coffee ones. Um, there's even bath bomb ones. And the other day, I found out there's even advent calendars for dogs. Um, I don't think my dog's going to be getting one this year, though, because she has not been deserved of more treats. But, you know, there are dog advent calendars around. <laughs> um, but yes, so tonight we're going to be talking about Advent. Um, and the passage this evening is from the second chapter in Luke, uh, and is all about the journey to Jesus' birth, the Son of God being born into the world, God's glory being shown through the angels singing praise, and then the shepherds and our response to that. We're going to take the passage in three chunks this evening um, and focus and reflect on where we've been with our faith over the last year, um, where we're at at the moment with God, and what direction we're headed, um, all using God's word to guide us through that. It's going to be an opportunity for us to take a step back uh, and to look at our own individual relationship with God. Afterwards, we'll have some proper space and time to really reflect on some questions which will hopefully help us think more about where our individual faith is at at the moment um, and those questions we can ponder and bring to God through our Advent in order to properly prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus. But first of all, we're going to jump straight into the passage. Um, so the first of our three chunks we're going to look at focuses on Mary and Joseph and their journey. The Bible tells us that a census uh, was just about to be taken across the Roman world. So everyone, including Mary and Joseph, had to go back to their own towns to register. What really strikes me about Mary uh, is that despite the, all these unexpected change of plans due to things outside of her control, she still chose to give everything over to God and completely surrender herself to him, even when things weren't quite going how she may have thought they would. I really wonder what had been going through her head at this point. If we flick back to Luke 1, we see that in this season of her life, it's been a roller coaster already. Um, she, her, if we flick back, we see her singing her song of praise to God, um, and she's been through so much. She's been visited by an angel who tells her that she'll give birth to the Son of God. Uh, and then she's found out that her older cousin is also pregnant and already six months along. And now she has to go back to Bethlehem with Joseph because the Roman emperor has just decided to call a census. It's quite a journey she's been on, completely unexpected and full of surprise twists and turns along the way. I'd imagine there were some real highs and some real lows as well. Moments of complete joy and thankfulness to God, um, like the outpouring of praise in, in that song which she sang to God. Um, but also moments 
of feeling quite overwhelmed, perhaps, with everything that was going on in and around her. Whilst all of these things were going on, uh, she would have had to think about and deal with being an unmarried pregnant woman at the time. Um, we even read in Matthew that Joseph struggled with that and was visited by an angel in a dream to, to put his mind at peace. Um, and added on top of that, the unanticipated journey to Bethlehem and the fact that she was now carrying the Son of God. That is a very, very big task indeed. Um, but yet, through it all, Mary gave up complete control to God and trusted in his plan. It didn't matter that factors outside of her control were causing plans to change, as God was continually working in and through everything that was going on. Mary had to trust in him. I wonder what giving up control to God would look like in our own lives. When we go through unexpected changes, is our first instinct to turn to God and to seek his will? What if we were more honest open and vulnerable with God, bringing everything to him instead of trying to cling to how we think things should be. Of course, we may feel vulnerable and helpless when things are out of our power to change and we don't know exactly what will happen, but surely that's when we really see God's power in our lives. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 11, Paul says, But he, God, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Where can we, in reflection of this last period of our lives, completely surrender to God and seek his will further. There are so many lessons to learn from Mary, but perhaps one of the greatest is her continual trust in God and his plan and her ability to be content with not needing to know every detail or bit of the way, but instead to be able to step back, praise God and say, I am the Lord's servant, your will be done. The next part of our passage shifts our focus from Mary and Joseph to the baby Jesus being born and the incredible praise from heaven that the shepherds are able to experience. Something that I have to really try and think about every year to just try and understand a bit more is the magnitude and gravity of God actually becoming a man to save us. Isn't that amazing? God, who is all-powerful, knowing and present, decided to step down from heaven and enter earth as this weak, vulnerable and small baby in order to save and have a relationship with us. It just blows my mind how ridiculously compassionate and loving our God is. Um, words really just can't describe how incredible God himself is is to first step down from heaven to be an actual man uh, and then later on, as we know, let himself be killed as that man and he experienced the Father's wrath so that we could be forgiven through him. And so the second theme we're going to think about tonight is intimacy. If we turn to the passage, we see from verse 8 
God's choice to involve some of the shepherds who are out on the field nearby. I mean, can you imagine this scenario? One minute, the shepherds are there looking after their sheep, and then suddenly, whoa, there's an angel who appears in the sky, uh, and the glory of the Lord is shining around them, and they're absolutely terrified. Can you imagine if you were just at home, I don't know, doing the washing up or something, and then suddenly an angel appears to you and tells you not to be afraid, the Messiah is going to be born as a baby, and then loads more angels turn up as well, and they're all singing praises to God. You'd be in absolutely complete shock, wouldn't you? But this is the incomprehensible thing about God's love. First off, he decides to come to earth as a man, and even further than that, a baby. But also, chooses to involve shepherds in his birth too. They must have been thinking, what on earth have we done to deserve to be a part of this? But I think it's an amazing demonstration of the fact that Jesus came to earth in order to to die to save us. For the lowly shepherds looking after their flocks, for the people that Jesus would grow up and meet, for everyone that knows and loves him. This completely changes our relationship with God. Instead of just being the creator, whose presence only rested within the inner curtain of the temple, Now he was here on earth as a man. And then he came to live within us through the Holy Spirit. This intimate connection we have with God is so completely different to anything else. He's not a faraway being pulling strings and dictating the world with no love. Instead, he physically came to earth and suffered for us. Isaiah 53 says, It was our weaknesses he carried It was our sorrows that weighed him down. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Our God is a God who wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And he wants us to have that relationship with him. And Jesus died in order to make that possible for us. In the final part of our passage this evening, uh, we're going to focus particularly on the shepherds. So far, we've seen the journey of Mary and Joseph dealing with unexpected change in our lives and handing trust and control over to God. The baby Jesus being born and the new relationship that that allows us to have with God. And now we'll look at the shepherds, what their response is to this new beginning and what they did after meeting Jesus. So in these final few verses, we see that after the shepherds have witnessed this glorious heavenly worship, they immediately go in search of Jesus. I love this image of the shepherds just being completely awestruck at everything they've just seen. The angels return to heaven and they're just left there completely and utterly amazed. But then they hurry off to find Jesus, this Messiah that they've just heard all about. And then they go and spread the word to all around, everyone they can find. And they continue to praise God for everything they'd heard and seen. This is a completely new beginning for them. 
those shepherds, their lives are never going to be the same. And I think this might reflect how our first encounter with Jesus may have been. First, we hear from others about him, just like the shepherds being told by the angels. And then we go and seek and find the truth for ourselves. And then we come away with praise to God and a willingness to tell other people about him too. In both cases, Jesus is the new beginning. He was the new beginning for those shepherds when they first saw him. He was the new beginning for the entirety of the Jewish and Gentile world alike. And he is the new beginning for us every time we turn back to him. As we said, this completely changes our relationship with God, which in turn changes the way that we treat others too. I don't know what kind of season you're in at the moment. Perhaps you feel most like Mary and Joseph on their journey. Things changing all around you all the time and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed and struggling to keep up. Perhaps you feel like you're a bit of a turning point or a new beginning, a positive change in which you're thankful for. Or perhaps you relate most to the shepherds, just so overcome by praise to God for something that's happened to you that you just want to share that joy with the people around you. Wherever you're at, this Advent is an opportunity for us to turn back to Jesus, to be like the shepherds, absolutely amazed and filled with awe and wonder at God's glory and love for us. Filled and overflowing with praise and thankfulness that it just pours out in love towards others. Let's use this Advent to do that, to prepare our hearts and to turn back to that place of awe and love for God. How do we do that? Well, it starts by taking that journey of reflecting on where we've been with God over the last year, where we're currently at in our relationship with him, and the direction and place we're looking to move towards after Christmas and then into the new year. For each of us, that's going to be slightly different, and that's why it's so important to be able to individually ponder these questions for ourselves and to give us the right space and time to do that. We're going to start this Advent journey this evening during our time of reflection. Hopefully the questions posed to us won't just be left here as we go out the door later, but they'll stay with us over this period leading up to Christmas. There for us to keep coming back to and thinking on with God. So we're going to have that time of reflection uh, in a second to think about those questions, um, where we've been with God, where we're at with him at the moment, and the place that we want to move after Christmas and into the new year. Um, but I'll just pray before we do that and head into our time of reflection. Let's pray. Father, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of your son, Jesus, I pray that we'd remember to be honest with you, to trust in you as Mary did, to remember the sacrifice that's already been made by Jesus for us and the intimate relationship we can now have with you because of that. Lord, I pray that you just fill us with praise and thankfulness for that, for everything that you've done. Um, and Lord, we just marvel at the fact that your son Jesus came down to, to, to earth from heaven as a baby and entered the world in order that we can have an intimate relationship with you. We thank you for all of these things, Father. Amen.